Hello there, humans. I had some news yesterday that my friend Franz Kummer had passed away. He died in Germany at 6.30 p.m. yesterday, German time. Uh, it was cancer. He'd had it since uh, he told me about his diagnosis about a year ago, I think. And I got this message today. I had a few conversations with him over the internets uh, and Zoom and things like that when, uh, when he was uh, undergoing treatment. Uh, he's, uh, he seemed, uh, last time I uh, had anything, any conversation with him, he seemed to be doing well. Now this is a t-shirt that he gave me. Some of you who have read my book, Letters to a Dead Friend About Zen, may be familiar with the name Franz Kummer. He was the guy who I told a story about. First time I saw him, he came, he's a very tall guy, and he showed up at Benedictushof, which is a, a retreat center that I do retreats at in Germany. And he came into the room for Dokusan, which is a private meeting between a teacher and student. And he seemed kind of troubled, and after a few minutes, he took out his uh, wallet and put a 50 euro bill uh, in between us and said that he wanted to tell me a story and that uh, he would give me the 50 euro bill for listening to his story. And I said, well, you don't have to give me 50 euros to listen to your story. I'll, I'll listen to your story anyway. And he told a story about how a friend of his was a kind of part-time undertaker, I think. And his, for some reason, it was a holiday or something had happened, and all of his people who usually helped him were gone. So he called Franz's friend, called Franz, and asked him for some help. And they were going to move a body out of a house where the, where the person had died. And it turned out to be this very large fellow. Uh, he said uh, over two meters tall and 100 kilos. So I did the calculations in my book and said over six feet tall and 200 pounds. For those of you who are challenged uh, with metric system as I am often, I lived in Japan for 11 years and I still couldn't like grok the metric system. I could understand it intellectually, but still meters and, and kilos and things like that didn't mean anything to me. I had to convert them in, in order to think about them and anyway. So uh, they moved this guy out and uh, Franz said he felt something from the man, uh, the dead man, that uh, he only had one problem and that problem was he wasn't breathing anymore. He said he felt this distinctly uh, kind of coming from this dead person who he'd never met. And he decided they, they needed to treat this uh, this person with as much dignity as possible and he went through this whole thing. And then after the, uh, the stuff was over, Franz's friend gave Franz 50 euros. And it was the same bill that Franz now has uh, put between us in the story. And Franz said he didn't feel right uh, somehow spending that money, but he wanted to give it to somebody he thought was deserving of, of the money. So he wanted to give it to me. Uh, so that's the story. Uh, that was the first time I met Franz. And he came to, I don't know, maybe two or three more retreats that I led. And he ended up being a guy who kind of drove me around to places and got me from one place to another when I was in that part of Germany. Uh, he became kind of uh, my uh, little attendant or something. A little. Uh, he was taller than me, but he, he, uh, he helped me out a lot in that. So he passed away, and 
I thought I would read for him uh, the memorial dedication that's uh, kind of a Zen memorial dedication. I am not sure of the origins of this. I found it when I asked somebody, I think Greg Fain at Tassahara, to uh, something had come up and we needed a memorial dedication and he gave me a, a, a book, actually uh, the um, PDF files from a book that they kept uh, with different memorial dedications and things you're supposed to say at funerals and or memorial services and stuff and this is the one I liked the best and I used this one when uh, the my friend uh, quote Marky end quote he was wasn't really named Marky uh, died who was uh, the subject of letters to a dead friend about Zen and so here it is and we'll chant it for Franz the immaculate light reaches everywhere, leaving no place, unilluminated in tranquility, embracing all emptiness. Returning from oneness into the world of discrimination, the affairs of the mundane are seen as but a dream. Humbly we invoke the guidance of the three treasures. Respectfully we have offered incense, flowers, and light, enchanted the Heart Sutra, offering the merit for the sake of Franz Kummer on this occasion of his memorial service. Kindly we pray that in the realm of life and death this one person, like the precious dragon jewel shining like the emerald sea, clear and complete, like the clear blue sky in the Dharma, everywhere guiding the world in ascending the path to enlightenment, we pray for his peace, for his contentment, for his freedom. May he, together with all beings, realize the Buddha way. All Buddhas ten directions three times. All honored ones, bodhisattvas, mahasattvas, wisdom beyond wisdom, maha prajna paramita. And I thought I would talk about this chapter called Muchu Setsumu, explaining a dream, uh, preaching a dream within a dream from Shobo Genzo. And I am going to read the first paragraph from it, but I would also like to read you some other stuff from the chapter that precedes it, but just to uh, give you a flavor of Muchu Setsumu. The truth which the Buddhas and the patriarchs manifest is prior to the sprouting of creation. Therefore, it is beyond discussions that arise from old nests. Old nests are habitual points of view. On this basis, there exist virtues such as those in the vicinity of Buddhist patriarchs and those in the ascendant state of Buddha, which are not concerned with the times and whose age and life are therefore neither long-lasting nor short-lived. They may be far beyond the suppositions of the common world. The turning of the wheel of Dharma, again, is a creation prior to the spouting of creation. Therefore, it is a signpost for a thousand ages whose great virtue is beyond praise. This I preach as a dream in a dream. Because it is the realization of experience in experience, it is the preaching of the dream state in the dream state. That's from Preaching a Dream Within a Dream. It's a really good chapter of Shobo Genzo. But uh, as I was looking at it, I noticed I'd made a lot of notes in the chapter preceding that called Shinjin Gakudo, Learning the Truth with Body and Mind. And I have read uh, some of these quotes on this YouTube channel, but I'd like to read them again in the light of uh, Franz's passing away. This paragraph is a, a bit long, so I'm going to start in the middle of it. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. There may be worlds in which space is seen as Earth. 
There may be differences in the way the sun, moon, and stars are seen by human beings and gods. The views of all creatures are not the same. Because this is so, what is seen by the mind of oneness is uniform, and Nishijima Roshi gives us a little footnote, and Ishin is what he translates as the mind of oneness. Uh, Ishin literally means one mind, meaning the whole mind, the undivided mind, the concentrated mind, or the balanced mind. The mountains, rivers, and earth, sun, moon, and stars described above are already the mind. So should we see them as inner or as outer? Should we see them as appearing or as leaving? And here's the bit that I like a lot. At the moment of birth, is a bit of something added or not? At death, is a speck of something taken away or not? Where are we to place this life and death, and these views of life and death? The past was simply one moment of the mind, then a second moment of the mind. One moment of the mind, then a second moment of the mind, is one moment of mountains, rivers, and the earth, then a second moment of mountains, rivers, and the earth. Because the mountains, the rivers, the earth, and so on are beyond existence and non-existence, they are not great or small, they are not attainable or unattainable, they are beyond recognition and non-recognition, they are beyond penetrability and impenetrability, and they do not change with realization and non-realization. We should definitely believe that when the mind thus described is acquiring by itself the habit of learning the truth, that is called the mind of learning the truth. This belief itself is beyond great and small, existence and non-existence. Our present learning of the truth, knowing that a home is not our home, giving up our families and leaving family life, that's becoming a monk. This is beyond estimation as great or small and is beyond estimation as far or near. It is beyond all the patriarchs from the first to the last and is beyond ascending and descending. We have development of things of seven feet or eight feet, and we have devotion to the moment for ourselves and for others. The state like this is just learning the truth. That's a little bit of that one, and the very end of this chapter has this. The reason we do not fear life and death is that even before we are through with life, we are already meeting death in the present. And even before we are through with death, we are already meeting life in the present. Life does not hinder death, and death does not hinder life. Neither life nor death is known to the common man. Life may be likened to a cedar tree and death to a man of iron, and his uh, footnote, Nishijima Roshi's footnote is a tekkan, iron man, uh, like koboku, wizard, withered tree, and shikai, dead ash, represent a practitioner who has got free of all emotional worrying. Cedar trees are restricted by cedar trees, but life is never restricted by death, for which reason it is the learning of the truth. Life is not the primary occurrence, and death is not the secondary one. Death does not oppose life, and life does not depend on death. Zen Master Ingo says, Life is the manifestation of all functions. Death is the manifestation of all functions. They fill up the whole of space. The naked mind is always moment by moment. And those are some quotes. I don't know if I have anything to say about them. I was really sad to hear that Franz had passed away because one of the 
last communications I got from him said that he was definitely coming to the retreat that I am supposed to lead in uh, mid-September in Benedictushof at uh, near Würzburg, which is where uh, where Franz lived in Germany. It's in Bavaria. It's not in Würzburg, but it's near enough to that that people kind of consider it to be somewhat near, whatever. Uh, that's where he lived, and he ran this little uh, shop that sold uh, knickknacks for tourists, and it was at the bottom of a, a church, uh, which was very uh, famous and ornate, and had some interesting carvings on it. I can't remember. There was one he showed me that was particularly weird, but I can't remember exactly what the deal was with that. Maybe one of these days I'll remember and tell you. Uh, so he said he would be at that retreat, which I am uh, planning to go to. Uh, all all things look like it will be uh, possible for me to uh, to go out to Germany in, in September. So uh, so uh, if those of you who signed up for the retreat, I'll be there. But unfortunately, Franz uh, won't be there, at least in uh, in the form that I knew him. Uh, I've talked a little bit about uh, life and death and all of that. It's uh, it's an interesting question when it comes to Buddhism because, as a lot of people are aware, Buddhism has both this idea of a rebirth and this idea of no soul. So uh, for a lot of people, that's hard to, I think for most people who get into Buddhism, that one is really hard to reconcile. Like, uh, like if there's rebirth, who gets reborn? You know, and there's whole giant books and things and there's whole schools of Buddhism dedicated to uh, trying to work that out. The Yogacara school, uh, which I'm kind of fond of, stemmed originally from monks who were trying to solve that problem and they worked on a, a very uh, detailed philosophy uh, for how you could have no soul and still have uh, rebirth. Uh, yeah, I don't know where Franz is now. I read the Tibetan Book of the Dead month ago or so and they have a lot to say about uh, about what happens so uh, maybe uh, Franz is in a bardo state uh, I don't know I don't like to speculate too much about such things uh, but uh, I feel he isn't erased from the universe uh, one thing I do feel very confident and uh, have no problem asserting is that when we die we don't just blip out of existence uh, it's not like that and it's it's not that sort of materialistic uh, way of understanding things that it just goes just all goes away but at the same time speculating on exactly what does happen seems kind of fruitless to me. You know, you can read things like the Tibetan Book of the Dead and some of the stuff in the Yogacara school and even some things Dogen has said uh, in that, uh, was it uh, Doshin? Uh, it's, a, it's a passage that I've quoted often where he talks about uh, what happens to a, a person after they die. Um, you know, you can, you, can, uh, you can believe that or not believe it. But uh, that's not important, you know, unlike a lot of religions that insist that you have to believe certain things happen after you die. Uh, Zen Buddhism isn't one of those. Uh, Buddhism in general isn't one of those, although I, I've heard uh, from different people, including um, Stephen Batchelor, that uh, there are people who do insist that if you're a, a good Buddhist, you better believe uh, this and that. Uh, 
have about what happens after you die. And my teachers were never like that. Uh, so they, they didn't care what you believed about after you die, and I certainly don't care what you believe about after you die. I just give you my thoughts about it sometimes. And You know, as, the, uh, as, as Hawkwind said, uh, why ask me? I might be a Zen master, but I'm not a dead Zen master. So there you go. Anyway, that's uh, what I wanted to say about Franz and about dreams and, and all of that. Uh, the idea that this life is sort of a, a dream state is an interesting one. That's one that's put forward by the Buddhists that, uh, that in a lot of ways death might be a similar experience to when you wake up from a dream and go, oh my god, that was just a dream. Uh, Maybe that's what uh, Franz is doing right now. He's going, oh, that was just a dream. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, if you want to send me 50 euros like Franz did, uh, there is a URL appearing on your screen if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's hardcorezen.info slash donate. That is hardcorezen.info slash donate. That is my sole way of making a living. Uh, hopefully, I will... Uh, be able to earn back what I spend going to Germany at Benedictushof. That is usually the case. Usually I earn more at Benedictushof than I pay to go there. But this year could be different. <laughs> so so uh, I still depend on your donations is the bottom line is what I'm saying. So I really appreciate those donations. But this is offered for free. So just like Franz, you don't have to pay me 50 euros to get this. Uh, just uh, I do appreciate if you can because that is my way of making a living. So I like that. And we will see you next time. Have a good time all the time. Bye, souls.